everyone if she calls herself a princess run the other way that's today's title you ever with a girl and she's like i'm a princess i'm a princess you're hopefully you're not that guy that's like oh yes baby you are no don't say that she can't be calling herself a princess that's a red flag all right so what are we going to talk about today I'm going to react to a panel of feminists versus anti-feminists. There's a really cool channel. I'm going to talk about that. It's called Jubilee. I really like it. I enjoyed it. I was having a blast looking at their stuff yesterday. I'm going to react to some of their stuff. I'm going to talk about how you can avoid toxic women because you need to know how to do that. I'm going to discuss why Bud Light's VP of marketing made a big mistake going woke. Oh, there's some trouble going on at Bud Light. Mm-mm. I'm going to expose feminism's glorification of a woman's 304 phase. We've done that before, but this, this time we're going to do a little bit differently. I'm going to dig into why the FBI is flagging terms like red pill. Did you see that? The FBI is now flagging terms. Red pill is one of those terms. We're going to talk about that. You know the FBI is completely co-opted now, right? You know it's not your, it's not your grandma's FBI. Let's just say that. All right, before we dig into this incredible show, I have to tell you, Today's show is brought to you by Aura, one of my favorite partners. What are you doing to protect yourself? Right now, what are you doing to protect your security, protect your financial security, protect your passwords? Tell me. Get in the chat. Tell me. If the answer is nothing, then I highly recommend that you try Aura because I wasn't doing anything. And then I partnered up with Aura. And I'll tell you, I've been having some great success. And you know what? I also have a lot of peace of mind. Identity theft is so common that there's a new victim of identity theft every 14 seconds. 14 seconds, y'all. That's very frequent. It costs the average victim. I didn't know this. The average victim, $1,000, a little bit over $1,000, actually, every time they're a victim of identity theft. You don't want to lose 1000 bucks plus. You don't want a headache. You don't want stress. You don't want to feel like your whole life is falling apart because that's exactly what happens when you're a victim of identity theft. Heck, that's even what happens when somebody steals your credit card. That even happens when any time your financial security, your passwords are jeopardized, you start to feel like what's next, right? Like it's a domino effect and oftentimes it is. Aura is here to make sure that that doesn't happen. So what do they do and why do I love them so much? Aura continuously monitors the dark web looking for your emails, your passwords, your social security numbers, and it sends alerts to your phone directly or to your email if they find anything that looks suspicious. It gives you near real-time alerts, which I love, on suspicious credit inquiries. Like if someone was opening a loan or a credit card in your name, you want to know about it, especially if it's not you, right? That can be very scary. They automatically send requests on your behalf to data brokers to remove your information, helping to reduce the amount of spam and robocalls that you receive, which is a, a fantastic plus. Their VPN allows you to stay anonymous online. Amazing. Keeping your browsing history and personal information safe and encrypted. And their antivirus software will block malware and viruses before they infect your devices. So they're doing a little bit of everything here. And if you're not doing anything to protect yourself, what you might discover, which is what I discovered, is that your passwords are on the dark web a bunch of times. The first time I looked, I think they were on there 30 plus times. People I know 60 plus times, you don't want to feel like passwords to, you know, your credit card, to your bank accounts, to wherever are compromised in any way. And here's the thing. If you don't know, you don't know. 
You don't want, I'm telling you, you don't want to see your whole life crumble around you when you are the victim of that kind of theft. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to aura.com backslash Jedediah. You can go in the description and I'll link for you in the description. You can click right on it. You're going to try 14 days for free. Incredible opportunity. You're going to protect yourself from America's fastest growing crime. And you're going to find out how many times your passwords appear on the dark web. Here's what I want you to do as well. To make it something that I can see, I want you to go into the comments and I want you to tell me how many times your password appeared. Was it five times? Was it two times? Was it 50 times? I don't know. I want to know. They have been incredibly helpful. In fact, you can set up these little guidelines with Aura and you set up transaction limits and they will send you an alert directly to your phone if there's a transaction limit above what you've set. Now, it may be you and you'll be like, fine, but what if it's not? So it's just a way to have your eyes and ears everywhere because at the end of the day, it's your money, right? It's your money. It's your financial security. Aura is a fantastic partner. Thank you for sponsoring this show today. I encourage everyone to hit that description and go check out Aura today and keep me posted. You never know. The Matrix is coming for you. All right. What do we have today? Okay, the show called Jubilee. I love it. I really do. It's a great channel. You go on and you see they have all of these interesting panels. And they had a panel of feminists versus anti-feminists that I clicked on. I was like, let me see what's going on here. Let me see, you know. And I click on it and this is what you see. So we're going to go through some of this. 156 I thought was a fantastic moment that you don't often see unfolding in new media. 156, let's look. Define woman. Go, please. One of you. A person who their internal idea of what they are is a woman. Terrible definition. Coming from a lesbian, that destroys the very concept of our sexual orientation. Just saying that it's an idea. Why? 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 Because you can't have, you can't be connected and sexually attracted to somebody's brain. Okay. Let's make sure. So this is interesting. This is really interesting. And I always say, I have this conversation with a friend of mine and she's always saying like, lesbians aren't woke enough anymore for the trans folks. Like, you know, we're not, we're not cool enough for the gay pride parade anymore. This is just a lesbian who's just saying something very simple. And yet it caught me because of its simplicity and its truth. Like, hey, I'm a woman. I'm attracted to other women. I'm not attracted to men. Hence, define a woman for me. It's not just a perception, Right. Because then I would be attracted to men, right? If a guy could just perceive himself as a woman and say, oh, well, I'm a woman because I feel that I'm a woman, then that lesbian is saying, well, then I'd be attracted to a man. And I'm not attracted to a man because I'm attracted to female anatomy. I am attracted to women. So do you understand how this went from like a live and let live type of vibe that we were all on, all sane people were like, sure, do what you want to. Now it's just you can't even acknowledge just basic reality. Lesbians are attracted to other women biological women they're not attracted to biological men who think they're women said she had to say that by the way nice jacket i'd like to borrow that jacket just saying okay number two 2049 let's keep going i want to talk about this concept of protection we're talking about good men good men who are protectors who are they protecting us from bad, the bad men bad men exactly yeah. or so, bad women bad right. anybody i could Drive a car and it's, it was a rhetorical. I guess no. I, I understand the point you were trying to make. That's right? why I, I said I, what you wanted to say. But I'm going to finish. So then, who benefits from men's bad behavior? Good men as well, right? They get to be positioned as the good guys. Good apples. 
They're the good apples. Mm -hmm. And that is predicated on the bad behavior of men. No, they benefit so, from being a good person and protecting I can't. Women. So this woman, all right, the woman in the, in the pink blazer, I, I'm not going to be able to take much more. I, I might have to cut an extra clip because I, I can't. So do you hear what she's saying? You see the crazy spinning up here? Some of them are just nuts. She's saying that good men are protecting us from bad men. So they benefit from this paradigm. So you have a, a patriarchy where bad men benefit. And now within that patriarchy, because the good men save you from the bad men and get a pat on the back, they benefit too. Honey, you're sick, man. You are some type of psycho. I don't know how else to say it. This is not a win-win for men. That good guy who steps in the line of fire to protect you from the bad guy takes his life into his hands. He risks his own demise, right? He risks injury. He risks getting beat up. He risks maybe getting shot. He risks all of that to save you. He's not looking for a pat on the back like that, right? He'll, if, you know what? He would have just walked away and been like, let her do it herself. He's going into the line of fire for you, and you're sitting thinking and analyzing, well, how did this guy win in this scenario? Honey, how did you win? You won because that good guy stepped in to save you from the bad guy. Where would you have been if he had chosen just to take a look on over and keep walking? What condition would you have been left in? Why not just be grateful that good men exist and that good men still haven't had the, their gentlemanliness beaten out of them by feminism enough to a point where they stop helping women like you? That would be terrible for people like you, for women like us. We want those good guys following their inclinations. No, not you, not you. You'd rather somehow, what, have something bad happen to you and not have that good guy get a pat on the back for saving me. What type of sick person are you? Feminism is a sick, sick ideology. I'm telling you, these women have lost their minds. Sick, nasty. It's not even, you know what? I'm going to need a sick button too, Deli. I need a button that says sick. These people are sick. Deli's working I'll, on yeah, it. Yeah, I'll get that for you. <laughs> He's going to get that. <laughs> Deli's like, well, we're already going to sell this one. Now we can make double the profit on a sick button. He's already strategizing. All right. It is sick, though, is it not? What type of person thinks about that instead of just being grateful that somebody stepped into the line of fire for you? Man, you are just an ungrateful, unhappy. All right, go to 2356. This is good, too. The idea so that men are supposed to be the head of the household, do you understand that that is killing men? That's killing men. It is killing men. Well, let them die because we need to get, they need to go back to working. <laughs> the pressure of it, you mean, right? The pressure? The pressure of it is destroying their mental health. That's why men are six times more likely to commit suicide than women are, especially men in committed relationships. Men in their 40s that are married with families are the highest risk for suicide. But it's killing men because, but it's killing men because we have generations and generations of boys who were not raised to be men and rise to that occasion. That's right. Okay, pause this. This is so important. This is so important. And, you know, I'm looking at this for the first time. You know, honestly, I, I created this show a bit ago, and I'm looking at it, and I'm rem remembering this whole thing. Um, but, you know, a few few years back, maybe about, I'll say about eight or nine years back, before I met my husband, I remember, or maybe it was just as I met him, I remember going out, and I was by myself. I was with a couple of female friends, and I think they had significant others at the time that were at the table. I think this is how it unfolded. I'm going back and trying to piece it together. But what I remember noticing is that we're in a, there were an increasing number of men who were what I call split the bill guys. 
they were very feminized. We would sit down to eat and there would be like, I remember co- hearing conversations like, oh, do you just want to pay me back later? Like, oh, I'll Venmo. Like, oh, the girl would be like, I'll Venmo you for my, I'm talking about committed relation. Like they had had a relationship history of some kind, right? And I remember looking around being like, is this some type of joke? What is going on? There was this like, guys didn't just, they didn't know how to be men. Right. You never saw like it was a period of time where I I never saw like gentlemanly behavior. It was like no one was pulling out chairs. No one was picking you up. Guys were actually saying things like I would never walk a woman home because women don't like that. They find it creepy. And I would say they find it creepy from some weird stalker guy that's following them home from the gym. But if they elected to go out on a date with you, they want to make sure they get home. okay? they they like that. No, no. They tell me no. They tell what? So it was like, guys are getting all confused. They don't know how to behave anymore. Guys are not being raised. And I don't know if this is a problem with the generation of parents. I don't know if it's like, I think it's the millennial parents where it started to be a problem. And they're raising these guys to be like little boys. They raise them to be like, oh, you know, you should get into a house and everyone's going to split the bills and there's going to be two working people. It's very, very modernized way of thinking. So I think what happens is these guys come into the world and if they do happen to meet a more traditional woman, they feel that inclination, right? That biological inclination to provide, but they don't, they don't have the skill set to do it, right? They were raised by a mommy and daddy who coddled them into a little boy, right? And then they went and they split the bill after college and they got Venmoed their share and like everyone's kind of living like it's such a feminized existence, as a guy, the women are masculinized, but they're lost, right? They don't know what to do. So I think these guys are crumbling at the seams, not because they can't, they, they can't biologically handle what's going on or they shouldn't be able to, but because society has kind of beaten those instincts out of them. And if you think and you look back societally, why was it that men weren't stressed out about being providers and protectors years ago? Why was that not the case? Because they were, they were raised with that understanding. Like their mom and dad raised them to be like, you're going to be head of household. You're going to have to take care of your family. You're going to have to go out and get a good job. You're going to have to take care of your children. This was something that they knew, right? They knew. They were like, okay, I'm being prepared and prepped for that path. It wasn't like they were thrown out into the world like a little baby, didn't have that preparation, weren't built up and raised to be a man, and then suddenly the expectation fell in their lap at 25 when they meet a girl who has those expectations. That's what's causing the problem. You've got boys that never became men. You've got a society that's beating the masculinity out of men. You've got a society that doesn't want to raise men, strong, tough men, that wants these feminized, you know, oh, I took gender studies type of guys. Great, you took gender studies and you're fundamentally useless to everyone around you. Useless. So they're lost. These guys are suffering. That's why they haven't been raised right. And I I would love to know when that shift happened. I think it's the millennial age. People who are now like 30, it's your parents. That's the age bracket where the problem happened. That's it. All right, I want to get into some toxic women and... You've got to have your guys. First of all, women, you know how to recognize a toxic woman. You all know we do. Guys, you got to have your antennas up for women like this. Take a listen. This is from whatever podcast. This was a fascinating cultural study, this woman. Um, just listen. Let's go to that first clip, 1859. This is why I'm single. I can't. I, I, I'm mean to guys, unfortunately. You're mean to guys? Sometimes. It depends on my mood. 
What, explain that. What, how are you mean to men? Well, the thing is, you know, I mean, I'm not in my 20s anymore, so I've had experiences with different types of dating, um, even though I've always been in relationships. And then, you know, it's like I was dating in Los Angeles. So I've seen a good amount of different species, <laughs> okay, of... Species. Species. I think that's illegal. So, so you think you could be that mean That might be illegal. No, I Horses mean, I don't... I'm just not... I'm or not dogs. mean, like... F off or anything like that. It's just I don't have Lizards? patience. <laughs> okay, I don't yeah. let's pause patience. it here. This and this this gets crazy. By the way, this woman's gonna just go off the off the rails, as you'll see. First of all, imagine saying I'm mean to guys, honey. No one's gonna want you talking like that and acting. Don't be disrespectful to men and expect somehow it, it's a it's a miracle. To I mean, oh, how surprising that you've been alone and you're jaded. Have you been mean the whole time? I don't believe you just got mean like that. No, you, you've been cranky and mean for a while now. Let's be honest. Secondly, don't you love how she to- calls men like, like species? Like, oh, like animals. You know, like they're just, it's a different species. How desirable. Don't you just, aren't you leaping through the camera to date that woman? Don't you want to be called like an anteater on a Friday night? No, you don't. You're dumb. That's why she, this is a woman who's jaded. Right. This is a woman who it seems to me she's been through a lot of relationships. I was going to say eggplant, but I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt. She's been through a lot. Let's just say that (laughs) she's had some ups. She's had some downs. She's jaded. She's jaded. She's had some bad experiences. And for whatever reason, she's now going to take those bad experiences out on the next guy. So you out there, let's say you meet her on a Saturday night. You take her. You got the best of intentions. You're not. You're a good guy. You want to do right by her, all this stuff. Everything's lined up. You don't know that she's got this pass and she's jaded and she's got the little, you know, the pucker going on before she even gets there. Like she sucked a lemon. You don't know that she's already thinking you're going to cheat on her, all this stuff. You show up with the best of intentions. You can't win. You can't win because she's already dark. And this is, again, why everyone's always puzzled when it's like guys don't want a woman that has like a ton of experience because they don't want a jaded woman. They don't want a woman who looks up looking, you know, shows up looking like she sucked a lemon and is crabby and cranky. And who wants to deal with that? Imagine that. Species. Imagine if you said that the other way around. Imagine if a guy said about women, oh, species. Misogyny. That's the patriarchy talking. I can't with these women. Nauseating. All right, let's go to 112. She keeps going. But, oh, don't you worry. I had to listen to it. So do, so, so do you. And you too, Deli. 112. So, you know, in the perfect world, yes, like, I, you know, had a few opportunities to get married, but I'm very selfish. (laughs) And just, you know, like... At least you admit it. Huh? Yeah. And I like my sleep. That is why I've postponed from having children. Because I even cried when I got my puppy and he would keep me up at night. I'm like, oh, my God, I made such a mistake. But, like, I'm just, so you I just postpone overanalyze children everything. For sleep. You postpone I, having children for sleep? Yeah. Like, I'm selfish and I like my sleep. And so when I have a kid, that kid's going to be my life. Okay. Let's just, right? Is there not something fundamentally wrong and weird and twisted about what this woman is saying? I mean, I, I, throughout all of history... Prior to, I call it the modern age, I would say like the last decade has been the decade of decay of womanhood, really, if you really zero in. I think it started after the year 2000, but I think the last decade is beyond the pale. 
Before that, for so long, you would hear women talk about wanting to have a family and wanting to have children. They couldn't wait for their lives to change. By that, they saw it as something bright and light and, oh, I'm going to get to like take care of this little person and I'm going to be able to, you know, build them up and go to the soccer game. There was such excitement and, and optimism about bringing, bringing a life into the world. And it was a focal point, caring for the family and the child and the husband. And it really, it all felt really warm and wonderful. Now you've got women like increasingly selfish Openly saying, I'm selfish. I like my sleep. I don't want to deal with any of that. Mm-mm. Imagine saying, I was upset when I got a dog because the dog wouldn't sleep and I got this puppy and it was crying and I didn't want to deal with it. Could you be any less appetizing to a man, honey? God's going to look at you and be like, oh, how appealing. A woman who doesn't even want to take care of her puppy because she wants to just sleep. Oh, what a beautiful mother to my future children. I mean, how unappetizing are you to a guy? Even if that guy isn't focused on children now, even if that guy isn't a guy who even knows he wants kids, he doesn't want a woman who has no nurturing chip at all, selfish and self-absorbed and kind of infantile, honestly. Honey, how old are you? You're not in your 20s anymore and you never grew up? Didn't you sleep enough when you were younger? You never grew up to the point where you want any responsibility, even a little puppy dog on the floor. That's unappealing. That's unappealing because even if you're not thinking about kids as a guy, you're thinking about that woman who's going to want to, you know, take care of things like around the house and get up and, you know, get breakfast cooking. And that's just a beautiful thing about that. Not some like uh, around noon does a stretch. Can you feed the dog? Can you? I don't. I don't want. I just feel so tired. Like, I mean, these people honestly. Like, does she know she's on a podcast? People are gonna see her if this if this goes viral. Let's say it does at like Bangs did. People are gonna see her and be like, oh, that's the one. <laughs> Forget it. I'm out. You know, this stuff can haunt you. You're 30-something years old talking about how you're mad you're not getting enough sleep because the, the little puppy dog keeps you up? Honey, grow up. Grow up. Some of these women, I wonder if they've been on birth control too long. I'm not kidding. Like, there's some something weird that happens chemically in the brain with the birth control. I don't know. They all got mad? My gosh. I understand, like, a little bit of selfishness every now and then. I get it. It's human tendency sometimes. But at this level... She's not embarrassed. Deli, she's not embarrassed to say that the puppy dog keeping her. I can't. All right, let's go to the next clip. Uh, let's go to 224.17. Does he have to make as much as you or more? I would prefer someone that makes more. Because <laughs> I, I like to be like wined and dined. Like you treated like, like a dine. princess. Yeah. I don't drink, actually. Treated but like I like I, I like being treated like a princess. I want to make my own money, but I want you to be able to take me out. Wait, so, but do you make six figures? I don't know. I don't Question, think... I'm, I'm a new nurse. Oh, you... I, I don't have enough of the... Closer to the mic. I don't have enough of, like... Okay, let's pull. I, I can't. And you know the voice too. What is it with all of these girls that have a very like? And do you hear it too? It's like a, it drones on and on. I don't know what's going on there. Pills. Something yeah. weird, right? Yeah, it's it like a. Pills. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. All right. So, did you get that though? Her money is her money, and your money is her money. Mm. Mm. Isn't that appealing to you? So here's the thing. 
this whole like I'm a princess. I'm a, I can't stand it. I can't. Now, guys, don't misunderstand. I'm not telling you not to treat your women well. In fact, I'm not even going to say, you know, oh, you shouldn't treat your woman like a princess. You 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 want to be a gentleman, right? I think it's a beautiful thing when you have a woman that you really love and you do nice things for them and you hey, pick up some flowers, take them out to a nice dinner. I am pro gentleman. What I'm not is doing that for women who are telling you, you got to do that for me, right? I'm a princess. I deserve this, that. Let, honey, if you're a real princess, if you're a real princess, real princess comes from the inside, right? That comes from your, you're being a pleasant person to be around. You're being a genuinely, authentically good person. You being someone that that man can, can find loyalty in. You being compassionate and nurturing. That's what a real princess means. That shines through from the inside. And a guy is going to want to treat you like a figurative, as you call it, princess, because you're a good, fundamentally decent human being that he loves being around. If you're walking around saying, I'm a princess, I deserve this, blah, blah, blah. You ain't a princess, honey. You're a headache. You're a headache. Okay, and you're materialistic and you're looking for always looking for stuff. Look at the combination of this. Her money is her money. Your money is her money. She she's selfish. She doesn't like to, you know, be woken up by a little puppy dog on the floor. She doesn't want kids because she likes her sleep and she wants you to treat her like a princess. Could the red flag get any bigger? Seriously. And then she's like, I'm in my 30s and I'm single. (laughs) I'm shocking, honey. We're all like, why? Come on. Come on. Oh, okay. I can't. Sometimes I got, that's my emotional release therapy. You know, Dr. G, if you're listening, you know, sometimes you just got to let out the emotion. I can't. Something so, by the way, unappealing about a very selfish woman at that level. Isn't there? Be honest. Isn't there something that's just like biologically broken about a woman who's like, oh, I don't, the dog is crying. I don't want to be woke. I say, no, like, you know, when I got a puppy dog, and I will tell you there is some truth, too. I got my little puppy dog, Daisy, that you saw, that little munchkin. Oh, drives me nuts, by the way, but I love her. When I got her, she was two pounds, not even. She was this little fur ball, and she would not sleep, right? She was on the floor. <laughs> I was pregnant. I got her when I was pregnant. And my husband was like, is that the dog, you know? And I was like, come to mommy. Come on, your little boy picked her up. And I was like, oh, come to mommy. She slept like right in here. And when she'd cry, beep, 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 I will, oh, come. I was just in love with that little cry because I was like, she needs me and I'm going to give kisses. And I couldn't wait to nurture that little dog. Yes, I had dark circles under my eyes. Yes, I did. But it was okay <laughs> because the puppy dog needed me. And when I had a baby, you don't sleep for several months, right? Hartley was not a good sleeper. He was up constantly. I was doing the nursing. I did not sleep. But I would look in that little baby's eyes and I would be like, oh, you're going to wreck me, but I'm going to love every minute of it because it was this little munchkin. That's natural. for That is what women used to do without being so broken and, oh, I'm selfish. Oh, I can somebody else take care of him. I heard a story once recently about um, – it was in the recent past that a woman hired, she had a baby, listen to this, she hired, she had a baby and she was, she wanted her sleep. So she hired a baby nurse and the baby nurse, she would stay in bed and she would pump the milk and she would just put it outside the door and the baby nurse would come and feed the baby. So she didn't have to really get woken up. And I thought to myself, nasty. First of all, you hear your own baby crying and you don't run to wherever that baby is pick that little baby up and try to feed it. I mean, I, I don't understand like that. I, I, hear, I used to hear my kid cry to this day. 
to this day in the middle of the night, if Hartley goes, <coughs> I'm like, what is it? Babe? What, 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 I don't know what to do. So the fact that women are disconnected from that, something's broken in these women. And it's very, very disturbing. Find yourself a woman who wants to take care of a baby puppy dog. Isn't like, oh, I'm going to be tired tomorrow. How am I going to go for tapas with the girls? I should just put this dog in doggy daycare. Run. Telling you straight up, run. All right. So we've got a 32-year-old woman here, number three. Um, She's showcasing why women are single. Let's listen to this. We can stop and go a little bit here. But she's talking about why she's single. Take a listen. I'm a single 32-year-old living in Los Angeles. And I'm not even dating right now. Like, I'm not even... I'll be 33 in May, and I just I just don't care. Like, I'm not even interested, to be honest. Because I think that, like, once you're in your 30s, especially when you're, like, getting around that mid-30s, like, age range, you are just so established in your life, and you've done so much on your own without a partner that you no longer want just anyone around. You really value your peace. You value your... <laughs> my dog's freaking out right now as a toy <laughs> um yeah you value Pause it for a second your solitude your peace. do you ever notice that all these women who like don't need a man they don't need a husband they don't want a child it all sounds like such a headache why do they all have a little dog do you ever notice that <laughs> it's like the little dog syndrome you ever see them the other day i came home oh i can't believe i forgot to tell you all this do you know the little baby strollers? Y'all will know. Little baby stroller. And you know how it has like the little thing that, I don't know what they're called. Hartley used to have one. It spins around. And it's for the babies to kind of get hypnotized. It's so that if they cry or anything, you're strolling them and you spin it around and they're like, hee hee hee. So I see this woman and her, I guess, I don't know, boyfriend something with a stroller. And I, it looked, I'm talking a baby stroller. I'm not talking about, I'm talking a baby stroller. And I see the little thing going, boo, boo, boo. And I see her spin it. And I'm, you know, I'm always, I'm obsessed with babies. So I'm like, oh, and I go up and I look in. It was a Pomeranian. The Pomeranian was on its back. I know I've told the story about dogs and strollers before, but I never saw a little, a little thing spinning for the dog to look and be hypnotized and look at. And I thought everybody's gone mad. This looked like a couple that had gone mad and they either they weren't ready to have kids or something was wrong and that something looked wrong. Why do you got a Pomeranian inside a baby stroller with a little thing like something's messed up in society? Holy mother. And that was a couple, too. But a lot of these single women, you notice they get the dog. You know why? Because they, they do they do feel an instinct for something. Right. And then what they do is they turn the dog into a baby. They do. They dress the dog. I know. I had a dog. I had a dog when I was in my 30s. And I was like, I don't know. My 20s. Emma. I love you. God rest her soul. But I had a dog. I was like, I don't know if I want kids. I don't know if I want kids. The dog had pink booties. The dog had outfits. The dog was a baby, right? I mean, I, I was deluding myself. That's what they do. They treat the dog like a baby. And it looks weird. And some of them take it to a level. I've seen dogs with pacifiers. I've seen dogs bottle fed well beyond the age where they need to be bottle fed. I mean, the sickness just it, it blows up. But I thought it was interesting. They all have a dog. So here's the thing. Let's play just a little bit more of this. But I'm going to tell you what I want to tell you. She's 32 years old. She's still got a baby face. 32 is like if you take care of yourself as a woman, 32, you still look young. At 32, I looked 24. Not kidding. 
I had like the little baby face and all that. And you, you're not yet realizing what what's going to happen. You know, you, you don't know. You don't know where it's headed yet because you still have like the same face and pretty much the same body you've had your whole life. So you only know one one place and you're in it. OK, so let's just play a little bit more of this. She's 32 years old. She's saying, oh, I don't know if I need. Mm-hmm, sure. Let's play a little more. You know who you are. You're content. Like you have your own space, hopefully. And you have just created a life for yourself where you are very efficient on your own. So if you're going to have anyone in your world, like in your life, they have to contribute in some kind of positive way. I was talking to a guy um, like a year ago and he made a comment to me about how he's like, you know, I just feel like you have everything. Like what, like what would you need a boyfriend for? And that's the thing. I'm not sure if maybe men like want to feel like need. It's funny because men want an independent lady, but they also want to feel needed. But at this point in my 30s, like I, I've got it all down. Like I have everything on my own. I also really value having that autonomy over my life. Like I never want to have a man be able to just rip out the rug from underneath me. I've had that before and it's it's terrifying. So yes, having autonomy and having my independence is really important. However, it's not like I need someone. It's I want someone like I don't, I don't want to need a partner. I want to want them and wanting them means that they are an addition to my life. Okay. Let's, let's stop it because it could just go on and on. If you're doing a video this long about how how you don't need someone, you you need somebody harder than anybody else, or you wouldn't be talking like this. Nobody does. If you just don't need someone, you you don't talk about it. You know why? Because you don't need them. You're just like walking around. You're happy. You're living your life. You're not making a video about why you don't need someone, honey. It's it's like I can't. It's like no no self awareness whatsoever. So I think we can all acknowledge she's an attractive girl, and she's 32, and she looks. I don't know what kind of filters she's, I don't know any of that, but she looks youthful to me. So this girl is talking like this at 32. I would like to hear her at 42 and I would like to hear her at 52 and I would like to hear her at 62 if she is still single because she will not be talking like this because you know what's going to happen? Everyone around her is going to be paired up and they're going to have families and they're going to have holidays and they're going to have children and eventually they're going to have grandchildren and they're going to have all of that stuff and she's going to be sitting alone. And you know what? That dog, whatever dog it is, jingling that toy on the floor ain't going to be enough. It's not. The dog's not going to be enough. She's going to be lonely. And if she ultimately decides at 40 or 45 that now she wants to start looking for a guy, she's going to be hyper aware of the fact that she's older and guys are going to be concerned about things. If they want kids, they're going to be like, well, she's already 40, right? What does that look like for me? That's just reality, right? We can talk about just biology for a second. So her options are going to, are going to be less than they would be at 32, right? Vast majority of cases. And again, everybody always throws me, yeah, but I was for, I get it. I married late. I understand. But we have to talk about the norm, right? And for most women, the options will get smaller, right? They just, can we just acknowledge that together? So what's going to happen to a woman like this is she's going to get lonely and she's going to look back on her life. She's going to wish she had made different decisions and she's going to be sad and she's going to get depressed. And I don't know what, hopefully she wakes up before then and something changes. But 
your your body changes too, right? You, you lose your baby face. You're you're out in at the bar, and you're not looking like a 32 year old. Maybe you're looking like a 38 year old. You can still be very attractive. Don't get me wrong, but it's just different in terms of what you attract in a dating marketplace. It changes. I think it's interesting that she says um, men want an independent lady. No, they don't. I, I don't know who you're talking about. Men don't want an independent lady. That's, that's just not, no guy wants a woman who's like, I'm independent. I do my, the second you start saying that to a man, you know what they think of girls night out? Oh, she's always going to be talking to guy friends on the phone. Oh, she's, you know, she's going to want her own separate life doing God knows she's going to vacation and be doing God knows what when I'm not there. That means that you don't want to have to account to him for what you're doing. You're looking to do something probably that you shouldn't be doing or that you would be doing single, but you shouldn't be doing in a relationship. That's all they hear. That whole like, oh, I'm an independent woman. <laughs> They're like, next. <laughs> Bye. See you later. That's what I'd be saying if I were a guy. I'm not kidding because we all know the code. You got to know the code words. And then this whole thing of um, I don't need someone, Right. She talks about the guy who met her and was like, oh, what would you need in a guy? What would you, you listen, honey, if you're doing everything right again, you wouldn't be making this video. You wouldn't be making this video. Something's wrong. Something's missing because you're feeling the need to justify to the whole world that you're happy and content and you don't need anything. So say, what do you, why don't you just tell us what you do need? Because it's pretty obvious it's something, right? And the dog on the floor jingling the toy is the best part. So my hope is that these women wake up before it's too late. That's my hope. All right. Glorification of the 304 phase is disgusting. Nasty. Nasty. Okay. I, there is no planet upon which women should be told to act like prostitutes and told in some way that that is empowering in any possible way. It's a sick, <laughs> sick, morally depraved culture that does that. So I want to listen. Let's go to 224. <laughs> this is too much. I couldn't even believe this podcast. What's the title, too, of this podcast? Pull it up for a second, Deli. Let me see. I, I can't remember it exactly, but it's something. Horrible decisions. Yeah, horrible, <laughs> horrible decisions, which, by the way, they elevate. Let's go to 224. Let's play it. Your age. I ain't going to hold you. A year makes sense if you were in your 30s and maybe didn't experience it because you was in a long relationship. But to me, I think a lot of us had enough time to be in our whole phase, especially in our 20s. That I think a year is a good time. I wouldn't suggest someone to just be in their whole phase. See, I'm a, I, I disagree. If you coming off a five year relationship, right now you already know what you want in love, what you want next, what you what your likes and dislikes aren't. You kind of need that year to just fuck around. I think we could keep having whole phases. I think I'm having another one at forty. Yeah, okay. I, I think you can have a whole phase at any stage of your life when you need to have that release. No pun intended. <laughs> I think you should just give yourself the flexibility and the freedom to do what you want. At the end of the day, it's all about your choice. I always tell people, when people say, oh, is this person gay or straight? Is this, are you gay or straight? I you know what? I can't. I really, these people it's are like, feminine. they're morally depraved people. He doesn't believe, by the way, Delia, Deli said he's feminine. He, he, he doesn't believe in paradigms of men and women. He just believes in pure fluidity, he clarifies later. So that might explain some of the oddness <laughs> going oddness. on. <laughs> okay. So I love this. Do you know what used to happen back in the day? Not to date myself as a relic, but I will. Back in the day when you went through a relationship and something happened, whether it was a high school relationship, whatever it was, and you, you got hurt, you know what women used to do? I will tell you. We used to you know, call our friends and we'd cry it out. We'd wrap up in a really 
cozy, cuddly blanket and watch a romantic movie with a little box of tissues nearby. We'd eat pizza and ice cream and just like try to make it go away. And then we'd call our friends again. And that's what you did. You know what you didn't do? Go spread your legs for a bunch of strangers at the club. You didn't do that because it wasn't glorified to do that. First of all, we all knew back then that it wasn't going to help you ultimately as a female feel any better because it was only going to make you feel worse. The last thing you need as a woman when you're coming out of a relationship where you feel injured is to hop in bed with people who don't care about you and aren't going to call you back the next day only so that you can magnify that feeling of injured over and over and over again. It's just like taking a broken heart and breaking it more every single day. Now, that implies, of course, that women still have their hearts and souls intact, which in the modern world is not the case. They've lost complete touch with their bodies, their hearts, their souls, and all of that in the name of feminism, girl power, sluttiness, yay. And they're all miserable. So we used to know that about ourselves. We used to know, like, that's not going to, we weren't even drawn to that. In fact, you were so busy mourning that old relationship that you couldn't even fathom being with another guy because you were like I'm still in this guy you had to talk through the thing like ad nauseum over and over again with your best friend that's what feminine women used to be like right I'm not saying every woman but I'm saying the majority of women process things like that now it's like oh you just got out of a relationship go screw everyone yeah you'll feel so much better in fact you'll be sad from the relationship ending so just go have sex with everyone that doesn't care about you that should make you feel amazing on what planet you soulless creatures are you so soulless that you can't fathom that that's gonna make a woman feel worse if she still got any connection to her body at all man these women are sick oh think about that oh, what are you getting out of that? And I know people will say, well, men do it, men do it. Again, men and women are different. Men and women are different. So yes, and you know what? Oftentimes, guys will go do that and they don't feel better ultimately. Maybe they feel better in the moment, right? They, they blow off some steam. They feel wanted. They get their, their testosterone out. But when they go home at the end of the day, if they really did love that girl they were in a relationship with, yeah, they got some of their heat out but but it didn't fix the problem and and they'll probably oftentimes wind up thinking oh i wish i hadn't even bothered with that oh now this girl's gonna be texting me i'm not, i wasn't looking for that i was just you know you know it becomes for a guy it probably becomes more of a headache for a woman it becomes pain it's hard as a female to go through that why do these women want to wreck what you know why they want you numb modern women want women numb so that they're just, you know, sleeping with everybody, promiscuous, doing nasty stuff, disconnected from men. Ugh, broken society. Disgusting. This is the best part. Go to 320. Like, just be you. Like, be you. Be as free as you want to be. As long as everybody's consenting, legal, and uh, STD free. And look, if you're into STDs, do your thing, you know? Not if you went into, 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 into STDs. Some people out here fucking like, they don't care. Just, just stick a bump in me. Oh, yeah, they don't. Yeah. they don't. I think I everybody know. cares until you get your first one. And you're like, oh, damn. And a lot some of people, people had their first ones and they teased Because they though. realize it's just a pill. Now, I caught my first one and went and caught it again two weeks later. <laughs> a, pill, a pill and a shot. To be honest, though, taking a pill okay, to so make you, chlamydia I mean, go this away. Is, is this really where we're at now? 
that even the STD, oh, who cares? I'll just go get an STD and I'll get another. You remember it used to be that you cared. You didn't want an STD. At least you had the sense to be like, even if you were leaning into the promiscuous, you, you had the sense to be safe and be concerned about that. Like you didn't want to catch anything. Oh, no, you just catch something and take a pill and go right back out and catch it again. Whatever. Big deal. What if it's something you can't take a pill for, honey? Have you thought about that? Something real nasty is going to be with you for life? Ugh. I mean, these people are disgusting. This is moral depravity. This is what this is what we talk about. This is when, when you know, when guys say had that conversation with uh, MLD when he was like, oh, you got to got to be a passport, bro. You got to get out of here. You got to get out of here. You got to get women who aren't completely corrupted. It's because you know what? It's not attractive. Imagine them hearing from women, oh, if I get an STD, I'll just like take a pill, I'll just get another one, whatever. If I get another one two weeks later, who cares? What guy in their right mind who has any options would go for a woman like that? That is disgusting. Ooh, I know it's a guy saying it in this clip, but is it though? Feminized, as Deli said. All right, so this is moral depravity. This is why people leave the, are thinking about leaving the country, too, and they go to places like Dubai. They don't know where to go, where there's still some morals intact. This is sick stuff. Ooh. Okay. Toxic women, number five. Let's play it. I don't care how toxic of a mindset this is, but if I block a guy, cut off all contact and communication with him, and he's not out here trying to email me or messaging me through the LinkedIn DMs, I'm just going to know Babe was simply not that interested. He really didn't like me enough because that's one thing about men. You just you tickle around the idea of the block button and he's going to lose all pride and dignity if he really likes you. He does not care how fucking crazy he will become. With men, if there's a will, there's a way. And he will find a way to contact you if he wants to talk to you. I've seen as far as make a fake job posting on LinkedIn in your field in hopes that you apply to it and he'll connect with you and try to reach out to you. <laughs> so let me tell you, if he really likes you, okay, maybe stop you should it. block him because... The laugh, why is the laugh always eerie too? <laughs> what, what is going on with that? Do they train these women in the claw and in the laugh? Is this some type of toxic women training that I missed out on? Wow. So that is a mind game woman. That is your mind game woman. She's talking about how she's going to block guys to get them more. Oh, yeah, block them. And then they'll come and find you. And blah, blah. Honey, let me, let me tell you something. If you block a guy, first of all, if you block him for no reason, like you've suggested, he's going to think you're some type of psycho. And any guy with options is never going to look your way again. He's going to be like, oh, psycho alert. End of story. And never talk to you again. Never reach out to you because he's already going to be talking to the next girl if he has options and he's going to have forgotten about you already. And you're going to be sitting there wondering, oh, is he writing me on LinkedIn? or did No, honey, he's not. He, he forgot your name already. He forgot your name already. The only people that would ever do this would be simpy guys who had no options at all. And if you're a guy, by the way, whoever gets blocked by a woman ever and you go and try to find them and do all that and you're like, oh, why isn't she talking? You just... Self-reflect, look at your life, and know you got to do better for yourself. You're doing something in your life that's insufficient that you would be chasing a girl that was playing mind games like that. Never chase a girl who plays mind games. If she's playing mind games with you on day one, she's going to play them on day 10. She's going to play them on day 50. She's going to be playing them till kingdom come as long as you allow it. Get out of that situation. Get out. But I would, I've never known a guy who's had options that would cater, that would deal with this. Oh, she blocked me. Let me go stalk her and do, <laughs> come on. Come, who are these girls talking about? What are you dating a bunch of losers? Yes. Yes, you are. By the way, I want you to hit that subscribe button. 
do it now for me if you don't mind. Hit that subscribe and hit that like button and leave me a comment. Let me know if you're enjoying the content today, what you love, what you hate, what you want to see less of and what you want to see more of because I shape this show, as I always say, around you. It's less deli. Less deli? If you want less deli. I've seen some fashion suggestions for deli in the comments at times. Um, try it out. Yeah, we should. We should do like every Monday you're in this type of gear. And then, of course, then we'll have to buy the clothes. That's another added expense. I don't know, deli. I don't know if we have the budget for that, but we'll see. <laughs> PBD, if you're listening, we're going to need extra budget for deli's clothes. All right. <laughs> all right. So Bud Light, y'all see the crazy that's going on there I uh, with Dylan Mulvaney and all that. We covered it where they had Dylan Mulvaney, the biological man uh, in a female costume, you know, with the, had all the operations, the hormones, all that, drinking the Bud Light. Anyway, they got a lot of heat for that. And Alyssa Heinerscheid, Heinerscheid, I don't know how to say her name, gave some information as to why this was all going on. You see that tweet? Del, you have yep. a tweet? Sorry. Okay, play the tweet. We're going to listen to her in her own words and then talk about what happened after this whole fiasco ensued. Let's play it. I'm a businesswoman. Mm-hmm. I had a really clear job to do when yeah. I took over Bud Light. And it was, this brand is in decline. It's been in decline for a really long time. And if we do not attract young drinkers to come and drink this brand, there will be no future for Bud Light. So I had this super clear mandate. It's like Mm -hmm. we need to evolve and elevate this incredibly iconic brand. And my what I brought to that was a belief in, okay, what is what what does evolve and elevate mean? It means inclusivity. It means shifting the tone. It means having a campaign that's truly inclusive and feels lighter and brighter and different and appeals to women and to men. Mm -hmm. And representation is at sort of the heart of evolution. You've got to see people who reflect you in the work. And we had this hangover. I mean, Bud Light had been kind of a brand of fratty, kind of out of touch humor. And it was really important (laughs) that we had another approach. I can't. I mean, notice the artwork in the background. uh, I can't. (laughs) I love how she says that, you know, oh, Bud Light had this fratty, out of touch humor. You mean you mean just guys, young guys? Is that what you're talking about? Who do you think buys Bud Light? Oh, we had to appeal to women. And is that your your majority of your audience for Bud Light is women going and buying beer? I'm curious. So what I find interesting about this is that they bow to the woke. Right. And. What trans she she felt that the brand needed to be younger, right? It needed to attract younger people. Okay, maybe they did have a demographic problem when you looked at the marketing analysis and whatnot. Maybe they did need to attract younger people. Okay, why did why did that translate to her as trans? Why did that translate to her that way? Why couldn't attracting young people be like, oh, let's show some more fun stuff when we do our commercials? We need to be like more fun and energetic. And maybe let's get our sense of humor in with the lingo of like young people today. And maybe we do something related to social media or we pull in some. Why did it involve no broad analysis of Young people in general and what their marketing tendencies are in terms of what appeals to them. That's not what that was about, honey. Don't lie. Don't lie. Because young does not equal trans, especially for a Bud Light consumer. That's just ridiculous. You decided that you wanted to bow to the altar of woke. You knew it was going to hurt your bottom line, and it did, by the way. 
You knew there was going to be outrage, but it was more important to you because you're a hard leftist to bow to the altar of woke and to pretend that trans and Dylan Mulvaney was somehow representative of how the majority of young people feel. And it's going to make them want to buy Bud Light and also pretend that it wasn't going to hurt all of your older customers who are looking at this like, are you kidding me? You think Dylan Mulvaney is the customer base of Bud Light? Mm -mm, I am. Why don't you care about me? Why aren't I represented in any of your advertising? What a terrible business move. And by the way, she's horrible at her job. Horrible at her job. Because if you're you're catering to wokeism over your customer base, what are you even doing, honey? Just go work for some woke nonprofit. Are you trying to make the company money or are you trying to bury them? Interesting. So, and Newsweek came out, by the way, after that, with a headline that was interesting. Anheuser-Busch, which is the, the larger company, it's an umbrella under which Bud Light falls. The stock drops amid Bud Light, Dylan Mulvaney. Co- you don't say, honey. You don't say that your stock was going to drop. Of course, because you screwed your customer base by putting out some stupid woke video. We were all watching that. Dylan Mulvaney in the bathtub blowing the butt. I mean, this is just getting stupid. It's like you're, these companies are going so far out of a way to prove a point that it's like they're choking people on it. It's ridiculous. So I think that company is going to be in trouble, and I think a lot of these woke companies are going to be in trouble. They are. They're not going to be able to escape this mandate they have to embrace the woke, and so they're going to do it, and they're just going to lose money. Lost $4 billion. Lost $4 billion. You, yep. you got the number? Yep. Where does it say it, Deli? Do you have it anywhere that's... It's not in this article, right? No. No, this wasn't, this wasn't as current as I would have liked it to be. So they're losing money. By the way, they went silent on social media. You saw they, like, shut up. They had, of course. What were they going to say? You know, it's ridiculous. It's so obvious to everybody what you did. There we go. Cap drops nearly $4 billion after partnering with trans activists. They don't care, though. Do you see? And that's the interesting thing. People say, well, they'll change now. I'm not so convinced. I think some of these companies are so committed to the cause, right? They want their sticker, like the trans community loves them, or whatever the cause of the moment is, they want that approval so badly that they'll bury their own business to get the sticker. Bunch of sickos. All right, speaking of sickos, this is our last topic of the day today. The word red pill, does it make you crazy? Doesn't make me crazy. Deli, does it make you crazy? No. 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 Well, the FBI losing their minds. FBI, what a bunch of babies over there. What a bunch of agenda-driven psychopath babies. FBI documents associate internet slang like based and red pill with extremism. Crazy. New documents released Monday warn that common internet lingo is being associated with violent extremism by the FBI. I can't. The Heritage Foundation's Oversight Project, Heritage is a, a conservative think tank, said it used a Freedom of Information Act, a FOIA request, to expose FBI documents that included glossaries showing that common internet slang has been flagged as an indication of involuntary celibate violent extremism or racially or ethnically motivated violent extremism. Many of the terms mentioned in the FBI's list of incel terminology, they call it, are either widely used across the internet. One term is red pill, which comes from the 1999 film The Matrix and has been used as a metaphor for seeing hidden or politically incorrect truths about the modern world. The FBI list of key terms defines red pill as, you listening? A belief shared by many online communities that society is corrupt and that the believer is a victim of this corruption. Many of the terms listed are focused on 
oh, look at this. Many of the terms listed are focused on self-improvement or the struggle to reckon with the marketplace of modern dating. They're going after everything is the bottom line. They're going after the term Chad, which I use here all the time. They say it's a race-specific term used to describe the idealized version of a male who is very successful at getting sexual and romantic attention from women. They go after look smacksing. I, I've never, have you ever heard of look smacksing? I haven't. Yeah, I didn't know that one either. Apparently, it's a process of self-improvement with the intent to become more attractive. What's wrong with that? <sighs> Red pill appears on the list, but with a different description. They don't like the description of red pill as it actually is. So they say, in the context of RMVE ideology, taking the red pill or becoming red-pilled indicates the adoption of racist, anti-Semitic, or fascist (laughs) beliefs. So if you support red pill or you identify as red pill, you're racist, anti-Semitic, or a fascist. Spoken by the true fascists, the FBI. (laughs) <laughs> Unbelievable. And based, you know, when people call you based, I get called based all the time, especially post-COVID, because, you know, I see everything now. Let's just say that. Based is defined by the FBI as a word used to refer to someone who has been converted to racist ideology or as a way of indicating ideological agreement. Everything with these people, racist, is the FBI is completely corrupt. What is the bottom line here? Number one, the FBI is an agenda-driven institution. It is no longer what it used to be. Again, it's not your grandmother's FBI. This is an institution that is out, in my view, to target dissent that's completely politicized. And you see it here, right? They use their own dictionary definition of things. They decide that you're that, and then they target you, right? So then if you're a red pill, they have an excuse to shut you down because, oh, this is their definition of red pill. You know, this is how it works. This is how people get censored, shut down, you know, thrown off Twitter, thrown off social media. Businesses get shut down. The FBI is is being utilized as a tool, Uh, a vehicle to censor what big daddy government doesn't like. FBI is big daddy government. People often, you have to change the way you perceive these institutions that used to be trusted independent bodies. They are not. Like, forget the way you saw the CDC and the way you saw the FDA and the way you saw the FBI. It's it's different. Everything is politicized now. Everything is agenda driven. And what is the agenda? The agenda is coming from, you know, the three letter organizations. It's coming from the matrix, the system, the big government, you know, uh, how do I say? It's not really a machine. I guess it is a machine. One world government. You know how it goes. So just know, you know, I think, I think you have to have an acceptance now that the world has changed. And you have to opt. People often ask me, and I've covered this a lot before we close out for today. People say, oh, what about the military? Would you encourage your kid to go into the U.S. military? Not ever. That institution is long gone. Whatever you, whatever you think it used to be. It's not. It's now a vehicle for control. You saw what happened with the mandates. It's now a vehicle for pharma. It's a vehicle for all of this stuff. Big Pharma, WEF, WHO, FDA, CDC, U.S. military, one world government. It's all, it's all connected. FBI. Okay. You think you're calling the FBI and meantime they show up at your door and they're like, did you use the word red pill on your <laughs> podcast? Called him a Chad the other day. I saw that. Did you call Delhi a Chad? <laughs> We're going to have to cuff you and take you in. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the FBI in 2023. Welcome to Injustice. All right, everyone, thanks for being with us. Hit that subscribe button, hit that like button, and I hope you have a fantastic weekend. I know I will. Bye. <laughs>